Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, buddies? Happy Monday. I'm here with my buddy, Joe Devlin. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. First of all, let me say thank you so much for having me on here. I'm very excited to talk to you and see you live and um, share with our friends a little bit of magic. Absolutely. Hey, we don't call them friends. We call them buddies. 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 Sorry. No problem. No problem. So let's start out. You're a magician, correct? Obviously. Professional for the last uh, 40 years, I would say. Awesome. How did you get into magic in the first place? It's funny. My, I say my parents were too kind to stop me and I was too stupid to know it can be done. And here I am 40 years later. I started like most little boys, seven years old. I actually wanted to be a ventriloquist. I wanted to throw my voice. Hello. And um, my dad, he was a working class man, and he thought a, a dummy for $30 was a bit too much. So my mom took pity on me. And the day later, uh, she went down to a big avenue and she found a toy store and she bought me the Voodini Magic Kit by Transogram Toys. Mm. And I fell in love. At seven, I knew what I would do with the rest of my life. I was, uh, I was blessed because later in life, I realized that people don't know that. You know, they, they could be 40, 50 years old. They still don't know what they're going to do with their lives. So I was very fortunate. Throughout the years, people said, wow, that's amazing. That, uh, would you like to see my first magic kit? Yes, I have please. it right here. Yes, please. Look wow. at that, the, the Voodini Transogram Magic Kit. It's complete and I'm very proud of it. I take good care of it and that's what inspired me. This started my entire career and travels and everything else. So awesome. I'm, I'm, I gotta ask, what's in that kit? Like what's- Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty complete. Let me show you. Look at that. Just puzzles and mind reading and cups and balls and little sponge rabbits and the magic wand mm -hmm. and the uh the whiz escape that was uh, inspirational and the red snapper a little pull for the inside guys and uh it's great just a lot of fun the ball and vase there you can Ooh. see on the bottom right and the paddle trick so it teaches you a lot of the basics of uh the foundations of magic you know there's only like seven mysteries you can do um, uh, i won't list them but uh, yeah. any any trick or magician performing is usually doing one of those things whether it's an appearance a disappearance a, uh, a levitation a suspension yeah uh we can keep going but that's yeah. uh, it's an exciting thing oh at seven i uh got into to magic then around 16 i discovered girls so i put it down for two years and <laughs> you know you can't focus on one thing oh yeah uh, and um then i picked it up again i haven't put it down since 
and a magic shop opened around the corner for me. I, I still live and own now uh, the building where I grew up. It was my dad's building here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Oh. And right around the corner, I was 10. I was on my front stoop. We call it stoop here in New York, the steps. Mm -hmm. And the buddy of mine said, did you see the magic shop around the corner? I said, well, a magic shop on, on my block, a magic shop? So we went there around uh, eight o'clock at night and through the gate, I could see all these beautiful magicians posters and things like I was just so intrigued. The following day I went in there, it was run by an amateur magician named Tony Canales. He was a retired airport security guard and he loved magic. He had little trinkets everywhere. And I started to go there after school and uh, it only lasted a year, but it was a big inspiration. He would have me perform for the uh, people that would walk in and so forth. So I, I credit him with a big part of my beginnings. Love it. Love it. So you credit that guy as one as like the start of your magic career. Do you have any other magic idols, magicians or anything? Uh, like this guy right over my left shoulder here, uh, Ricciardi, Aldo Ricciardi. He was a Peruvian magician, probably one of the greatest illusionists of our time, even though most people have never heard of him. He did accomplish quite a bit in show business. He I saw him in 1980 at the Felt Forum in Madison Square Garden. He was uh, touring through New York. I saw him in Atlantic City also. And uh, he was an amazing magician. He, had, he, he stood like a flamenco dancer and he, uh, he had power. He focused on his magic. He would put up this wall and just focus on the magic. He wouldn't acknowledge the audience right away, you know. So very inspirational magician, the way he moved, the way he focused on his magic. As a matter of fact, you ask some of the top guys like David Copperfield, Siegfried and Roy, mm. uh, the late Siegfried and Roy, sadly. But um, they all loved Ricciardi. He was one of the founding uh, uh, inspirations for all these uh, tremendous careers. So, uh, and I... One of his most famous illusions was his broom suspension, where he'd have a girl sleep on the broom and levitate her, and she'd be suspended in midair. And um, he got very ill. He was in the Bahamas working. And when he, uh, they took him off the island, a lot of his props remained on the island of Nassau, Bahamas. He was working uh, Merv Griffin's resort casino there and uh, years later there was a, a story that some of his props were still on the island i wound up working at uh, the crystal palace casino in the bahamas and i through a series of magicians on the island i found his broom suspension it was in storage it slipped out the back door uh, from one of these guys that were working there Mm -hmm. And I purchased it from him and I owned it for seven years. Now it's in the private collection, but that inspired my most uh, famous illusion. I like to think, and that's the gu guitar, I call it the guitar illusion. I go by the Matador of Magic. I do also a very flamenco style illusion show. And I have a picture here. I'd like to show you, Nick. Yes, please. That's the... Uh,
Illusion, and I'm very proud of that. But can you show uh, us again, buddy? I think one of us froze. A... Oh, there I am. Yep. We okay? We're good. We're good. good. One of us just, I think, froze. So yeah, for a moment. Mm -hmm. But can you show uh, us the picture again? Oh, sure. This is the um, suspension illusion of my guitar. I carry the wow. guitar case out, and uh, the girl is suspended on it in midair. So I'm very proud of that. That's one of my uh, signature pieces, if you will. That is awesome. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. So now this this has me thinking, what in magic, what do you specialize in? Like, what are some of your favorites, like cards? Um... I'm an illusionist. I'm a stage magician. Um, my, you know, I, I've had to recreate myself so many times, reinvent my style because I worked with a partner all my life. Mm -hmm. So for 13 years, I was with a woman and we created, she's in the photograph, we created um, illusions and magic uh, and stage illusions and uh, all stage stuff. And then once she left, I met my wife, which we were married for 16 years. So we continued the illusion show. But sadly, my wife passed away July 1st of oh, 2016. No. That's going around five years. So I continued working, but I had to recreate. So it's a lot more comedy, magic, uh, audience participation, some illusionettes. Illusionettes, for those who don't know, are smaller illusion size things, portable things that I can do on my own. So my specialty, I would say, is stage magic uh, illusions. Love so it. Not the kind of thing you carry in your pocket. You, you need a truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the pandemic right now. You know, has the pandemic affected, impacted you and your magic? And uh, my, my, Yes, my, it's impacted me tremendously because for about 37 years, I've traveled on cruise ships. I've been all over the world on cruise lines. So they were the first to shut down. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was working right up to the day that they decided to uh, fly us home, which was March 3rd of last year. Um, so cruises, as we know, uh, got a really bad rap, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. you're in an enclosed area and people became ill and the news just went with it. So they've been locked down. We have Zoom meetings every uh, week with my agent and they're, they're slowly reopening, but it's very confusing because the CDC in the United States is very difficult on cruise lines right now. Mm -hmm. So uh every country has its own regulations as you can imagine and being on the cruise you you wake up in the new port usually a different country or a different island every day so the regulations are very confusing so they're taking their time they're talking about reopening maybe july of this year but uh 2022 looks really good to get back in there in the meanwhile i've been playing with my toys nick i i collect <laughs> a lot if you give me two of anything, I start a collection. One of my uh, most popular collections in my own mind is I collect little devils, little uh, 
impish little puppet devils of all kinds. I've got them from all over the world and little tiny uh, devils, nothing bad. Just, uh, I like it because in the old magic posters, like in Ricciardi's poster, he's got a little devil there. So I have them from all over the world. I must have two, 300 uh, hand puppets and statues and things like that. So no, I've been no. busy with that, organizing my collection, which I don't mm -hmm. get a chance to do really when I'm traveling. So uh, it goes with your last name too. Devil, yes, yes. It's sort of the uh, moniker. Devlin's an, um, it's a name I chose. Let's put it that way. Uh, mm. People come up to me and say, you don't look Irish. That's a very Celtic name. Mm. And I say, well, I'm the black Irish, but they don't buy that either. So, but Devlin I chose about 40 years ago, a guy here in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, did an article on me. I was 18 years old and, um, he, his name was James Devlin, and it was right above my name. And I said, Devlin, what a great magician's name. It has a little bit of devil in there, a little bit of evil, a little bit of, you know, just ancient name. And it served me well. Throughout the years, I've met a lot of Devlins, and they've approached me and said, you, you don't look Irish. What's going <laughs> on? But uh, it's a great magician's name. And people have said to me, yeah, I would never guess it's not your name, but yeah, I wouldn't have either. Weird way, you know, whatever name you carry, that's the energy you you expound. So um, I hmm. like it. I like Devlin, Devlin hey. the magician. Hey, that's how a lot of greats got started. You know, Elton John. Uh, oh yeah. Just um, even uh, Freddie Mercury. You know, those weren't their real names, yeah. but they chose their names. Yeah. And look how it's carried them. It's true. It's carried them tremendously. Mm -hmm. Is Nick your real name, buddy? What's it going on? It's all right. It is Nicholas, but then it's actually Nicholas. funny. Yeah, it was Nicholas, and then um, for the longest time, my mother would call me Nicholas. But then one day, I just wouldn't stop crying or something like that. Right. That wouldn't stop fussing, or whatever. And my mom finally goes Nick, and I just go, ooh, like I just went like ooh, and that was it. Yeah, Nick is a good name, solid Thank name. You. Thank Nick. you. I love it too. So now I've got to ask, I always ask this to magicians that come on my show. Do you have any, what's the funniest thing you think that's happened to you on stage? Oh my goodness. Where do I start? There's been tremendous amounts of experiences. Uh, what comes to mind? Funny, I was performing at a wedding, oddly enough, and the entire family, it was a buffet style, not buffet, a, uh, you know, a floor room type show. And I was doing my Dove Act, you know, I did a Dove Act for many, many years. And I would make six birds appear. And one of them uh, appeared and flew away. It flew into the audience, which was, you know, they had ta eight top tables and the family was in the center. And the grandma had this big bouffant hairdo, you know, it was a, a wedding chair, her hair was done up and that bird, flew straight for her head and got caught in her hair. You know, oh. birds, when they land, they, they grab their little claws and it got caught in her hair and it pooped, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A true story. Yeah. And uh, politely, I went up, I took it out. I unraveled her hair and took the bird out. 
but the rest of the night, the grandchildren were calling her poophead, which was uh, very bad for me, but <laughs> hysterical. You know, I was laughing under my breath. But all kinds of situations, you know, my assistants have fallen, I have fallen. You know, I come out like the matador of magic. I have swords and capes and fire. And uh, sure enough, my, my heel went out from under me and I fell on my butt, you know, holding swords and people are laughing. And you have to address the elephant in the room. You can't get upset or nervous. You laugh with them and they love you. You know, if, if you can, uh, an audience is one brain. If they get nervous, the entire audience gets nervous. So mm -hmm. you have to be very careful how you handle those kinds of situations. They, listen, they know you're human. They know things happen. It's live theater. They're almost excited by that. You know, too perfect mm -hmm. is no good. Exactly. Exactly. And it's best, you, like you said, you got to go with the show. Like the show must go on. If you oh, absolutely. Go, like, and they don't know that you made that mistake. That could have been planned and they don't know that, you know? Exactly. Part of the act. Like, remember when I fell earlier? I fell on this card. Sir, what's your card out there? You know, <laughs> something like that. Like, they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But if they you have react, no idea. Yeah. If you react and go like, that wasn't planned. That wasn't supposed to happen. Then they're going to know. Oh, my gosh. That wasn't yeah. supposed to happen. He messed up. You know. And, and it's all entertainment. You know, mm -hmm. even the mistakes that you make is entertaining to them. You know, you're supposed to be a slick professional. And when things go wrong, that's uh, that's fun for them. You know, they, yes. they enjoy that. Unless it's horrible, then it's not good. Yes. I mean, when my assistant fell, she fell off this guitar. You know, we were mm -hmm. on a rocky ship mm -hmm. and things happen. You know, the ship shifts and, and she fell. And she wasn't hurt. But when she fell, I closed the curtain. I explained, uh, you know, this is live theater from time to time. These things happen. And what do you, how do you, what do you do? The only thing on the audience's mind is, is the poor lady okay? So I pulled back the curtain. I, I said, excuse me, I checked on her. I came back and announced she's fine. We'll continue the show. So then they were happy about it. Had I been uh, oh nervously God. arrogant and continued to show without checking on her, it would have been a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to care for the, you know, you got to care for us. You got to be human, like you said. Absolutely. Okay. Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to ask you three questions that I ask all my buddies that come on this show. The first I'm your one, buddy? Thank you. Yes, of course. I'm You're not a guest on the show. You're a buddy. Thank you, Nick. Yes. I appreciate first it. First one, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Wow. The first thing that comes to mind, buddy, is... Um, is loyalty. You know, they say family by chance, friends by choice. So it's very important to me. I would walk a, a thousand miles to keep my word. And I have a lot of buddies and I, I give them the time they deserve. As a matter of fact, a buddy of mine's getting married in Las Vegas. I Last year I became a minister, an ordained minister. Ooh. Uh, not for any reason. I just something I've always wanted to do. I was raised Roman Catholic and uh, mm -hmm. wanted. I was an altar boy, and I wanted to be a priest at ten years old too. And um, I became an ordained minister, and he asked me to marry, uh, not to marry him, but to marry him and his wife. To I'm sorry, the words officiate, <laughs> officiate yeah. their wedding. So. 
I'm flying out there at the end of this month for a couple of weeks, but I'm officiating my, my friend's wedding at the Wynn Hotel. So uh, that's just an example of the loyalty that, that you should show to a buddy. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, to lend an ear and advice when asked. And, and I expect the same in return. I think, yes. uh, I think it's uh, truly a brotherhood. It, it's your brother, it's your friend, mm-hmm. it's your buddy. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers it. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a, I always say, question. yep. I always say, you know, friends are the people that you can like call in five years and say, hey, let's catch up and have a beer or let's, you know, talk for the, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on? Da, 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 da. A buddy is going to be the one that you call in five years to say, hey, I'm getting married. I need some really good people on that altar with me. Are you yeah. So. Yeah, and it's like, you ne- it's like you never left them. Exactly. Uh, years go by, and you, you're You still- talk to them as if, the, like, you and me, we could not talk for, like, what, five years or whatever? We'll call each other next We'll call each other in, like, six years and go, hey, so remember the podcast when I was telling you about da 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 I feel very comfortable with you right away, buddy. Thank you. You know, I feel like I've known you a thousand years. So that's the definition, the epitome of buddyhood. Is yeah. that is that a word, buddyhood? It is if now. Not, I coined a word. It is now. <laughs> buddyhood. I love it. I'm putting that. That's going to be one of my new hashtags. That's going to be one of my new hashtags, buddyhood. I love it. <laughs> Great. You know. Great. Now, part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Well, without a doubt, the AHA, the uh, American Heart Association, and the reason being, as I mentioned earlier, July 1st of 2016, I lost my wife suddenly because of a genetic heart uh, issue that she was not aware of. Well, she, her family was aware it was in the, in the family, but mm-hmm. uh, the last thing on earth that I expected uh, to have her pass away from that. So unfortunately it happened. Uh, I miss her, but I tried to move forward in her name. And I think the AHA is doing great work for heart. I mean, the heart, you don't even think about, talk about magic. It's something that constantly constantly pulses uh, without you even considering it for a moment. I mean, the brain's important, but the heart, holy cow. And there's so much in our environment that could damage it. Mm -hmm. So you have to be so aware of what you put in your body, what you breathe in. It's one of those uh, muscles that tries its best to continue to to keep you alive. It's the the Mm -hmm. secret to, to life. So I think they're doing great work. If you go to their website, uh, they're a very, very simple way to donate time or money or they have organizations or uh, ways to help you raise money in schools and shows so that i highly recommend the aha the american heart association i love it and you know what my wife bronwyn yes yeah i love it and you know what it sounds like you really put your heart and soul into that organization so well thank you thank you yes now that's a good question before we wrap up this show with the demonstration, I got to ask you one more important question. 
And this is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this? Wow. Okay, I'm ready. Go. What is your advice for anybody who wants to be a magician nowadays? <laughs> Run. No. Uh, we get that a lot. That's a good. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Uh, be meticulous with your word. If you give a word, uh, keep that promise. Uh, if you say you're going to make that phone call, make that phone call. At the end of the day, that's all you really have is you are your word. So very important to keep your word. Um, can I continue? I have another bit of advice, and that's um, plant seeds. What I mean by that is plant seeds throughout your life. And I'll give you an example shortly. But when I say plant seeds, make relationships. Plant those seeds. You never know when they're going to blossom. It could, uh, it could take 20 years to give fruit. But the fact that you planted that seed, especially in, in uh, the magic world, it's a small world, so it, it pays off. I got to headline four of my own shows, and I'll tell you how the producer found me. Years ago, he was a magician as well, but we were kids. And mm -hmm. for his, I, he was doing an act with one of these British phone boots, the red phone boots. And I loved his act. I didn't really know him, but I loved it. And I was in the card shop and I saw a card with one of these little red phone boots on it. So I bought it for him and sent it to him. Happy birthday. And um, years later, he gave me a call and said, I have a show I'd like you to headline. I want, you know, I want to write a show around you. And I said, uh, ultimately, I asked him, why me? And he said, because you sent me that phone booth card years ago. So that got me thinking, wow, that little, that little thing, the butterfly effect, they call it. That little thing uh, could turn into something tremendous. Oh. Do small things. Small things do great love. Absolutely. So that's, a, that's great advice. And the last one, more, more uh more uh, grounded advice is uh, in show business, in creating, in magic, there are no rules. Ooh. I mean, young guys think they can only go into a magic shop and buy something and perform that. The truth is creatively, you can do anything. Some of my best magic shops are uh, Michael's, Arts and Crafts, uh, Home Depot, you know, you walk into these places and the world's your oyster. You can create whatever you want. So there are no rules in magic. Whatever amazes and entertains that audience, I think, is important. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't limit yourself to what's in the magic shop or other people's creativity. There's amazing magicians out there, creative stuff, but you don't have to buy that stuff. You can walk, don't steal it. You can, but you can watch it and you can get inspired by your own thing. You know, you're, you're, you can have more of a chance becoming famous, doing something completely uniquely off the cuff than you would ever copying a, uh, a David Copperfield or a mm -hmm. person, you know, so. And you're right about that because it's. Wow, that was long advice, wasn't it? Hey, we love long advice here. I'd rather have that Great. than just study you know, do writing, da, 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 and yeah, just yeah. the three answers, like the three words, like study, write, and do whatever. 
But you're yeah. absolutely that's all right. good advice too, though. But yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah. You are absolutely right about the um, about the make it your own thing because when you make it your own, then it's your own. You don't have to memorize anything. Like you don't have to like memorize this whole thing. Like okay, first he does this, then he does this. You can make it your own thing. You can make it your own like spiel. Like you can do even if like you miss a part or skip a beat, you can still find a way to come back to that real quick. And exactly, Nick. It's like telling the truth. You never have to lie if you tell the truth. You don't have to recreate and think of what did I say. Yeah. You you just tell the truth and uh, I always so who's say, there. I always say I'd rather be hated for the truth than loved for a lie. I'd yeah, absolutely. You hate me right now because I told you, hey, I messed up. I did this. I did it. Then love me because I hit it, and then five years later find out. Yeah. Oh, he lied good. to me. So. Not good, not good. But those are things you learn through life, aren't they? Yes. They're not, they're not always easy. I have a quote that I wrote. It says, you can't teach someone something they don't know. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we're, we're placed on this earth to experience our own uh, tumultuous turmoils at points. You know, we have to learn on our own. We could be told a thousand times but sometimes you have to just do it yourself. You have to learn. Unfortunately, that comes with some scars. Mm-hmm. It does. It absolutely does. But it's the way you learn. You Like you said, it's the way that you learn. Like I've learned a lot of life lessons through experiences. Yeah. yeah. It's all about experience. And, uh, enjoy your illusion. We're, we're on this planet for two minutes. It's a gift. It's a blessing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, enjoy it but don't don't mess with anyone else's illusion you know mm-hmm. stick to your own and and uh, love love is the ultimate uh, gift and the ultimate uh, uh, sense of gratitude that you can get and yeah there you go I mm-hmm. think uh, I think we're all a gift and we're all one you know the illusion yes. of the separate fingers but no one ever looks at the hand you know exactly uh, i think there's a forest out there where all these trees are out of the ground but if you were to pull the earth away it's all one root so very important what, what you put out you literally get back in love it and you know i hope so yeah <laughs> that was some tremendous advice and you know like i ask every magician that that comes on the show we have to show. We have to end the show with one thing. Oh Would you boy. mind giving us a demonstration of your magic? Well, y- yes, of course. I, <laughs> I twist my arm. <laughs> uh, I love performing, but what I'm going to perform now isn't seen often, mm. and it's something that I decided to research. I haven't performed it often either because I started doing a lecture on the razor blade trick. I don't know if you know that effect where the magician eats razor. I don't recommend it, but he eats razor blades and then pulls it, uh, the razor blades tied to a string. But before that was the needles trick, which Harry Houdini made world famous at the Hippodrome here in New York. But before that was the Carmo beads. And the Carmel beads, well, let me tell you a story. I've traveled quite a bit throughout the Middle East in my travels. Uh, I want you to imagine you're in the B 
bazaar in Persia, okay? And you're winding through the alleys. The smell of incense going through your nostrils. Beautiful women with only their eyes exposed. And in the corner is a magus, that's a magician. His eyes closed in meditation. An afflicted person approaches him. He opens his eyes as if on cue. The afflicted person asks for a prayer. He reaches in his bag and pulls out his misbaha, his prayer beads. He waves it over the afflicted person's head, a little incantation. And then he breaks the thread, breaking the curse. He pours the beads into the glass. He takes the curse, winds it into a little ball and places it on the tip of his tongue. Swallowing the curse. And then the purification of the beads. Wow. The beads restored, he places them away and once again closes his eyes in meditation. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. that That's a little fantastic. something I'm working on. Fantastic. Thank you. It's called the Carmo Beads, the bead mystery. Very ancient, very ancient uh, routine. Fantastic. I love it. I'm glad, Nick. This has been so exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I, I want to say in the year 2000, I was awarded Magician of the Year. For yes. The oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, let's talk about that. That's one question we skipped over. You are award-winning magician. Well, Tell us about the, those awards. I won the Society of American Magicians Parent Assembly. That's here in New York. The first uh, assembly that started the entire Society of American Magicians, which is now nationwide and worldwide. Harry Houdini was a one of the presidents. And I'm very proud of that. You know, Harry's buried maybe 10 minutes from me. I, I drive past there all the time because for the National Society, I'm on the board of the Houdini uh, gravesite restoration. So the, anyway, they awarded me the, uh, it's right here, my plaque, the Society of American Magicians Magician of the Year, which was a great honor. The reason I bring it up, is I'm on the board uh, of the society. And if you're a magician out there, we do a lot of virtual stuff now, a lot of virtual shows and lectures, and it's a great club to join. I highly recommend it. You need to be a national member of the SAM, and then you could join the assemblies. So uh, the parent assembly, I think uh, every young budding magician should be a part of. It's very historic. David Copperfield, 
is part of our assembly and he shows up on zoom meetings sometimes Ooh. with us so it's great it's uh, very exciting and the Mer i won the merlin award for the international magician society so that the oscar of magic ladies and gentlemen that's great that was for illusionist of the year in 2003 so uh, it. it's uh, it's exciting stuff it's fun you have to make life fun you have to make your career fun and share it. It's very important to share with people. Give mm -hmm. of your heart and knowledge and love and make new friends, like a, new buddies, like I did with Nick. And, um, you know, put it out there. Be honest. There's only one you. And uh, you need to share it. You can't hide yourself. There's only one, uh, there's only one Devlin. There's only one uh, Nick Sorensen, so it's. Uh, did I say that correctly, Nick Sorensen? Yep. Yes. Yep. It's a great name. Uh, so that yeah, if you take nothing else away from me uh, from this chat, um, know that uh, whatever you you do in life, give it all you got, and don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just someone uh, just you're, told you're me unique. That. Someone just told me that that advice. I um, I did a little comedy on Friday, and I was calling one of my my friends for motivation. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I haven't done this in a year. I, you know, it's like when you, it's like if you were to get on stage tomorrow after, you know, right. not being. It's like I I miss it, but at the same time, I haven't been on a year. What do I do? And they're like, do everything you do with great love. Like do everything you do. Put your one hundred percent into it. And even if you have a terrible set, you'll still be satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like riding a bike. Yeah. Once, if you're an entertainer, you're an entertainer. You get out there, you can do it. Yes. I wanted to mention one more thing to you. You mentioned a lot of Harry Houdini in this show. Sure. Uh, or like there's Houdini's rated by you. We actually have a magic club here. It's a magic and comedy club called Keller's. Oh, I know, but Bob Borgia is a good friend of mine. He yeah. started he, he started the club. Do you go there? Do you work there? I do. I do. Oh, I, was there, I was just there the um, other day to see one of my favorite comedians. So. Wow. Well, well, if you see Bobby, tell him Devlin says hi. Will do. And, uh, I, I remember he was a kid. God. I used to work at a club here in New York called Mostly Magic, mm -hmm. which is where I cut, cut my teeth. Uh, I mean, we'd rub shoulders with uh, Tony Slidini, Frank Garcia, Al Goshman. All these names are are giants in the world of magic. They, they uh, regular people may not know them, but they're... another piece of advice: we all stand on the shoulders of giants. So no man's unto himself. No man's yeah. an island unto himself. So. Because of these guys, I am where I am, and I am blessed to have uh, known them. But that's where I first met Bobby Borgia. I think his dad would drive him in to, to uh, perform from time to time because he was too young to even drive back then. So I've known him for quite a few years. So yes. Calibers, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Yes, him. and if you're ever in town, just send me a message. That'd be great, Nick. I'd love that. You can take yeah. me over there. Surprise, yeah. Bobby. Yes, that would be awesome. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was a joy talking to you. Joy, the pleasure was all mine. Joy was all mine. Thank you. Yes. For all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy, Joe Devlin. 
And hey, Joe, I got one favor to ask you before sure. we end the show. Go be someone's buddy today. You got it. <laughs> yes. We'll catch you all here next time on everybody's favorite everybody's favorite podcast, Buddy Cast. Take care, folks. <laughs>